Hello, and welcome to the Refreshed Podcast, where we aim to take a deeper dive into our faith and extend the conversation beyond Sunday morning. I'm your host, Jared Cunningham. How can I keep from singing when it's so sweet to trust in Jesus? God, you are my blessed assurance. Great is thy faithfulness, for Jesus paid it all, and I stand amazed in his presence. Oh, happy day. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing of all things bright and beautiful, created by the holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. There you have it. This is how the hymns for this series were chosen. From 25 possible hymn episodes, not counting ones I've talked about in the past, I narrowed down the list and based the episode order on the ones that made a statement of their own. Granted, there were options like Amazing Grace and It Is Well With My Soul. I could have researched which ones would be most impactful for the season, or which ones would resonate with us as a church. Instead, I left the order to chance and spontaneity. Now, you would imagine if the episodes are pieced together based on the statement they form, the probability that they connect with one another is low. For instance, in episode one, we talked about the song, How Can I Keep From Singing?, how it's still unclear who exactly wrote the original hymn and how we too go through life without all the answers. Contrast that with episode two, where the writer of Tis So Sweet witnesses the tragic loss of her husband and her response is to continue trusting in God. Both episodes are different from the third episode where we see two friends hanging out one day and by pure chance, they come up with blessed assurance. However, towards the end of this series, we have seen a pattern. Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing was written by Charles Wesley, who wrote hymns as a way for worshipers to express their faith in a way that the Psalms could not capture. All Things Bright and Beautiful was part of a collection by Cecil Francis Alexander, written to help young children connect with their developing Christianity. Holy, Holy, Holy by Reginald Heber was written with the intent for his congregation to sing between the sermon and the recitation of the creed, even though hymn singing in the Church of England was not allowed at the time. There were no goals for the series to end with this theme of purpose or intent, but that's where we wound up. And it's important because having clear intent and purpose is more important than ever. We live in a world where content is king but the intent behind the content is not clear outside of simply existing. In our personal lives, is our own intent behind our actions clear? Do we know why we are making specific decisions? 
how to find our R beginnings versus our end games. The themes of intent continues today with our final hymn of the series, Praise God from Whom All Blessings Flow, better known as the doxology. It's been sung for ages. It's well known across generations, but where did it come from? In order to unearth its beginnings, we need to go back to the 1600s. Thomas Ken was born in 1637 in Hertfordshire, England. Orphaned at a young age, Ken was raised by his sister and her husband, and was later sent to the all-boys school at Winchester College. He was ordained as a priest in 1662, serving at several parishes. The doxology was written somewhere between 1670 and 1674. The singing of hymns was prohibited in the Anglican church at the college as well. The story goes that Thomas Ken wrote three songs, a morning, evening, and midnight hymn, for his students to sing as part of their personal worship in their dorms. As part of his instruction, he told them this, Be sure to sing the morning and evening hymn in your chamber devoutly. Remembering that the psalmist, upon happy experience, assures you that it is a good thing to tell of the loving kindness of the Lord early in the morning and of his truth in the night season. After his time at Winchester College, Ken served as the chaplain for the kings and queens of England throughout most of the 1680s. Though Ken was in the service of the royals, he stood firm on his Anglican beliefs. For refusing to sign a declaration promoting King Charles II's Catholic faith, he was in prison, but the charges were later dropped. With the arrival of King William III and Ken's refusal to vow loyalty to him, Thomas Ken decided to retire from ministry altogether. Upon his passing, it is said that his former students gathered at his grave and sang the last stanza from the morning hymn. This stanza became the doxology. Though other verses were written and added later, Ken's verse is the one that most are familiar with. This quote from the History of Hymns, Praise God from Whom All Blessings Flow article by Victoria Swars and Wilson Pruitt explains the four lines of the original doxology best. The first line describes the person of God, the Father, as the source of all blessings described in Ephesians 1, verse 3. Bless the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing that comes from heaven. The second line, though, speaks to God the Spirit, through whom all creatures praise God, like it says in Psalms 104, verses 24 through 30. Lord, you have done so many things. You made them all so wisely. The earth is full of your creatures. And then there's the sea, wide and deep, with its countless creatures living things both small and large. There go the ships on it, and the Leviathan, which you made, plays in it. All your creations wait for you to give them their food on time. When you give it to them, they gather it up, 
When you open your hand, they are filled completely full. But when you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to dust. When you let loose your breath, they are created, and you make the surface of the ground brand new again. The third line points to God the Son, who is begotten of the Father, firstborn of heaven, and superior to angels and the heavenly host, as it says in Hebrews 1, verse 4. And the Son became so much greater than the other messengers, such as angels, that he received a more important title than theirs. The fourth line summarizes the stanza and all of the praise in general, since all praise is directed towards God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Written for private devotion, with the intent to help his students develop in their faith, Thomas Ken wrote an enduring anthem that is still sung today. I'm sure Thomas Ken could never have imagined the impact his hymn would have on so many Christians coming into the faith after his time. But his intentions to help others blossom in their faith is still witnessed today. In an article by David Mathias entitled The Best Known Hymn in History, Why We Keep Singing the Doxology, these closing words express the continuing relevance of this hymn. The doxology has served as a ready-made form and occasion for Christians to connect the very purposes of God in all he does with our heart's deepest desires. God made our hearts to ache for happiness, and he made the world and us to glorify him. And in this act of praise, our souls both rejoice and go public in expressing their delight in him. God is glorified in our heartfelt expression of praise. And these simple yet profound words serve that simple yet most profound human act of devotion. And all the more when we join our voices and sing together. To wrap things up, I hope you've enjoyed this season finale episode of the Refreshed Podcast. Ending with the doxology seemed like the perfect way to close out this series, and I think you'll agree. It's been fun to dive into these hymns week after week and see what inspired them. In the same way, it's been fun to figure out how they connect with us in the more modern age. It's interesting to see how a lot of situations that were going on back then are still happening in some shape or form today. Now, as for what's next for the podcast, I'm not 100% sure, but I do have some fun ideas in mind. In the meantime, join us on Sunday mornings at 1030 for worship at Keene's Crossing Elementary. And with that, we'll catch you next time.